Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. Prayer, activism, voting, they're all part of being an advocate for life. Of course, the struggle to protect and promote life includes other components such as education, information, financial resources, and involvement with pregnancy care centers. But how should we communicate and engage with the lawmakers who we hope and pray will stand for the rights of the unborn, who will battle to make Illinois a pro-life state once again, where moms and dads can and want to raise their children. Here's a perspective from former state representative Peter Breen. Mr. Breen is vice president and senior counsel for the Thomas More Society. He made his comments during the March 2019 Speak Out Illinois Pro-Life Conference in Oak Brook. The number one thing I want you to remember is that your legislators are distracted. They are distracted. So imagine, imagine being a legislator in 2019. You are pretty much in social media hell, okay? Your entire existence in office depends upon the whims of a large group of people whom you can't possibly know and who are saying things about you online, offline, all over the place. And not just that, your life as a legislator is entirely dependent on a calendar that's set for you by either a guy named Mike Madigan or John Cullerton. Yeah, right, think about this, your life is directed by Mike Madigan. But So what is your aim as an advocate, as a citizen, as a, a resident of a particular district? Your aim is to get their attention. Your aim is to find and, find and get some peace a little piece of shelf space in their head. So kind of the shelf space in the marketplace of ideas, we use that term. You want to be on the shelf in their head. You may be in the back, you know, it depends on where you want to be. And maybe sometimes you get a whole bookcase, you know, or you have shelf space there. But that's really your aim. And every person in this room can be an effective legislative advocate using a few simple tools, but looking at it through that framework. Your job is to get their attention and to maintain it uh, while, for as long as they're in office. Now, the first thing you've got to do, so think about this, you, you essentially, so from a legislator's perspective, uh, you've either got 108,000 people or you've got twice that if you're in the Senate. So those are your customers, is you, if you will, or at least the undecided group within that. Those are your customers. For you, you've got one customer, the legislator. What would be the first thing you're going to do if you're trying to sell a customer on something and you've got one customer? Know them. Figure out who they are. Do the research to understand who they are, what they're about, what's their family like, what's their professional situation, how'd they get into office, how are they staying in office. And, and really, from our purpose though, we want to know where are you on pro-life issues. And I really break folks down into about three or four categories there. There's the folks that are hard against you. There's the folks that are hard for you. Then there are the folks in the middle. So maybe they're a little bit against you or they're a little bit for you, but they're not consistent one way or the other. Each of these groups 
is going to be treated differently, as you would expect. Now, so you may say, well, how am I going to persuade the legislator who is hard against me? Well, you don't. This is what I'm saying. But you do want shelf space in their head. So think about this. You know, your opponents, you want them always thinking about you. Because if they are, they're not as effective advocating against life. So I'm talking about the, you know, the very, very hard negative people that we never have a chance with. For those folks, uh, certainly in the short, you know, you've got kind of two tasks. In the short term, we've got really bad bills pending right now in the legislature. We've got to kill them. If the person's hard against you, well, okay, they're against you. you, you you're not going to be able to grab them on that bill. So the idea is go elsewhere. Go find somebody else that you can persuade. Go help some other group in a neighboring legislative district to get their rep or their senator to come alongside us, or at least to give us the, you know, a little bit of a hearing. But that's number one. The number two, though, is to take a phrase from the other side, because in Illinois, this is now our task, resist, okay? If you have a legislator who is hard against us on these issues, resist. And there are so many ways to do that. As you know, you know, again, I, I you know, mentioned about the social media thing. You can be very active as to a legislator who is very hard against you, and they'll know who you are. You know, if you're out there on Facebook against a particular legislator, don't ever think that they're not watching, because they are. Uh, now, I'm up against Planned Parenthood right now. I'll give you a little just segue. Uh, Planned Parenthood Federation of America. What you guys need to realize is every single time you go to a clinic, there are reports generated that are shared nationally. Whenever there are national days of protest or things, you know, all sorts of stuff, they freak out. Yes, you've got shelf space in their heads. And so they can't be as effective in terms of advocating for death. And if you do your work right, you eventually can plant some seeds that maybe when they become open, at some point between now and when they close their eyes for the last time and meet their Lord, to bring them over to our side. So that's the hard against us. And kind of an interesting way of looking at it too. The hard with you, the number one thing you need to do with them is lift them up. For heaven's sakes, lift them up. And in the short term, when you're dealing with a particularly bad set of bills, go talk to them and ask them, how can we help? Because you may find a situation where you've got a legislator who's very much with us, but they've got a tough legislative situation. The district is a little mixed. They could have, uh, there's a group called Personal PAC uh, and Men for Choice, and of course, Planned Parenthood Action, all of which are fighting to, to generate opposition in the district and to try to make your legislator look like a radical, an extremist. So you can help to rebut some of that in your local area. Obviously, you don't need to ask them how they're voting because they're voting with us. Uh, they may also say to you, hey, I'm good. Go over and talk to Representative Jones. Get over there and get people going in that person's district because you know, he or she needs a little bit of help. So that's, those are kind of the short term. The long term, you really, again, have to ask those legislators, how can we help? Now, the ones that are with us really strongly. You know, folks, I came off a losing campaign. I'm no longer a legislator. My wife's ecstatic. Uh, 
but when I was able to win in 2014, it was a contested Republican primary against a pro-abortion, very you know, union-controlled Republican, we had a massive groundswell of folks who came out and helped. Well, this last time, we had some folks come out and help, but it was not a massive groundswell. Now, you know, were we going to win or lose either way? I mean, you know, I lost by six points. So really, you look at that and go, eh, there wasn't anything else we could do. Everybody got whacked in the suburbs. If I'd lost by a few hundred votes, I'd be a lot, lot more angry, I guess, about it. But yeah, you know, when, you, when you lose big, you're like, eh, okay, you know, that was that. Um, yeah. My district went from being an R plus six to a D plus three in one cycle. So it was a 10 point swing just about uh, for everybody. So, uh, you know, we went from a district that was won by Mitt Romney to a district that was lost by uh, President Trump by 17 percentage points. So Glen Ellen, Lombard, Eastern Wheaton. So again, for folks, and actually that, that brings up another point. You have suburban legislators that you used to say, ah, you're fine, you're good. Guess what, they're not anymore. Not in the age of Trump. They're not. What happened with when the president came in, everybody south of I-80, became very harder, much harder Republicans. Uh, those more union Democrat, the kind of traditional conservative Democrats, they're Republicans now. North of I-80, where, where we are today, and in this county particularly, DuPage County, folks who had been voting faithfully Republican are now flipping to vote Democrat. That's just the, the, the reality of the situation. Former State Representative Peter Breen, more of his comments on how the pro-life community should communicate with lawmakers coming up during Illinois Family Spotlight. Well, that didn't last long at all. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. I was pleasantly surprised when the bishops of the Church of England released a statement reaffirming the Christian view of sexual morality. Quote, sexual relationships outside heterosexual marriage are regarded as falling short of God's purpose for human beings. It was in the passive voice and avoided the word sin, but better than I expected. The bishops also urged same-sex couples to affirm the value of committed sexually abstinent friendships. Well, sadly, I was not surprised that after less than a week of outrage from the media and LGBTQ advocates, the archbishops of Canterbury and York apologized for that statement, claiming that somehow articulating biblical truth jeopardized trust and created division and hurt. Well, maybe the bishops could learn a little about backbone from J.K. Rowling. She refused to cave to the outrage after defending a woman fired for believing there's no such thing as a woman. Sure, biblical truth is a stumbling block, but it shouldn't be for the prelates of the Church of England. I'm John Stone Street. Thanks again for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. During this edition, we're featuring comments made by former State Representative Peter Breen at the 2019 Speak Out Illinois Pro-Life Conference in Oak Brook. That's where he offered life activists some advice on communicating with state lawmakers, pro-life and anti-life. And during this segment, reaching out to so-called middle-of-the-road lawmakers. But now there's this third group. I want to get to the finish up the, this this. We're looking at it. Third group, the soft with you, soft against you. I, I asked a few of my uh, former colleagues before I came and talked to you, I said, hey, what should I tell folks about how to interact with the folks in the middle? And, and you know, the topics were really pretty, pretty similar, the advice. So I, I boil them down to really three things. One is be consistent. 
So be consistent. So obviously we're trying to kill a bill. Okay, you know, you're gonna be reaching out to them very particularly there. What are you doing once May 31st passes and you've got till the following January 1st before the bills come back? Are you being consistent in reaching out to them, reaching out to their office, and trying to build more of a relationship? Number two, be respectful. Because I got to tell you, you know, these, look, we're dealing with the lives of children. We're dealing with the lives of pregnant women. Uh, this is not exactly something that's easy to stay calm about. Because, I mean, this is, you know, you're taking innocent human life. And it's something that gets you worked up, certainly, as it should. But you're dealing with a legislator for whom this is, you know, these two bills are two of 6,000 bills that are going to be filed in the General Assembly this year. Look, when I was in the legislature, if 1% of my time was spent on pro-life, I'd be surprised. 99% of the time is dealing with everything from the most mundane issues of how to change the code of civil procedure to, uh, to something very you know, big in the news, uh, you know, the, uh, the sterogenics uh, issues uh, uh, down in Willowbrook, you know, and, and everything in between. And so our issue is just one of many. So we've got to be very respectful uh, there as well. Call them by their title because they love to hear it. Okay, they do. They love to hear it. And then that that really ties into the third point, which is don't take them for granted. So you might get somebody that that came with you on a bill, and you're like, oh, so and so's okay. But if you're not being consistent, you might take them for granted, and you might lose them. Because remember, the other side is meeting with them, the other side is pitching them. And so you might say, well, geez, you know, they say they're pro-life, but then all of a sudden they voted for, there was a, there's a bill up to mandate the HPV vaccine for every single student in Illinois schools. Many of you know the HPV vaccine is something that, is it necessarily pro-life? It, uh, it, it's connected to the issue. It's something that HPV can only be passed through, it's a sexually transmitted disease. To vaccinate every single person in the school whether or not they're engaged in this sort of conduct seems a bit overkill and people are dying who have had this vaccine apparently. You may say, oh, I thought, I thought you were with us, you know, because you may consider that kind of a pro-life issue. And so they'll say, well, I, I didn't realize that you really were that worked up about it. Or, or how about a contraceptive mandate? You know, forcing employers, including religious employers, to provide abortifacient contraceptives to their employees. That's a tough bill to vote against for most suburban legislators. I know we're speak out, but you know, there are other things too. You know, there's gonna be a, bisent, a bisexual transgender history mandate that they're going to put in the schools that they wanna do. You may wanna reach out to your legislator about that issue. I know it's not specifically pro-life, it's a little bit of a different thing, but you may say, I see pro-life or I see my kind of vision of, of more uh, conservative, uh, more in the Judeo-Christian mold, and they're going to say, well, well, I voted with you on abortion. So you've got to be, again, you can't take them for granted. Here's the thing, though, too. Part of that is whenever they come with you, you've got to thank them. Very specifically, thank them. Um, and, and really, if you think about it, maybe, maybe do something a little more than just an email. Do a nice handwritten note. Maybe do, uh, you know, do something like a, you know, send them flowers. Do something that will actually cause them to go, oh, that's nice. Again, shelf space in their head. You want them to know you're there. Now, when they don't vote your way, you have to let them know. But again, you've got to be respectful about it. 
because you need those lines of communication to stay open. You know, just uh, one example from the last legislative term was the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. A lot of folks got really worked up about that. Uh, and we had folks that, that were Republicans who say they're pro-life and said, well, it's not an abortion thing. And they went the other way. Here's the problem. Uh, I mean, when we're looking today at third trimester abortion and repealing parental notice, those fights really seem so far in the distance, don't they? And you need those same legislators that went against us on that particular issue to come back with us on these issues. So if you don't keep your lines of communication open or remain respectful, then you could have problems being able to reach out to that legislator. Now, how do they communicate? Uh, emails. Everyone loves to send email. I will tell you most legislators don't read their email. Their legislative aides will read the email, summarize it, and maybe bring them ones that are more, maybe forward to them, ones that are more, uh, more poignant. Uh, because they get thousands, get a lot of email. What you can do, though, is, again, try to, be, try to be different. Do something like going to their district office and chatting with their staff. Send handwritten notes. Handwritten notes will get passed along, okay? A handwritten note will make it to the legislator's desk. As well, you know, you can call, uh, you can make phone calls. Phone calls are probably better than emails, because at least then a human being has to take your call. But it's going to be very difficult to get a hold of the legislator in that circumstance. And I don't like that as at least an initial. I mean, the phone call is still somewhat impersonal. It's nice for a follow-up uh, with a legislator if they're busy and you can't get a meeting, but it's not great as an initial. Number one is the personal connection. You need a face-to-face -face meeting with your legislator. I recommend in their district office. When you're in Springfield, I literally, I mean, I had to check my phone every half hour because my schedule would change. And people would come to Springfield and go, hey, I'm in Springfield, and I'm sitting here going, I can't see you, I'm sorry, you know, or like I can walk with you for this two minute period as I'm walking from this committee to that committee, which are actually happening simultaneously, but I had a bill over here and I've got to run over there and, and then, oh, actually, wait, now, now we're gonna have to run to this other committee because somebody needs that and now we have to go to the floor. So you want a meeting in their district office one-to-one, -one, and not one-to-one. -one. Actually, I would say take a group. Uh, and so that personal connection is something that uh, we don't do enough of. I got to tell you, I got so many meeting requests. I had annual meetings with the League of Women Voters, which stands against nearly everything we believe in. Uh, they're lovely folks, but, but I, so I had an annual meeting with them, and I, you know, you know but, but they have shelf space in my head. Annual meeting requests from the Sierra Club. They hate me. <laughs> I had a 100% voting record for the Illinois Environmental Council, but the Sierra Club is pro-abortion, so they won't support people like me. And then uh, moms, uh, the, the gun group. Moms demand action. They all wanted meetings. Now look, maybe the pro-life groups, or, or and, and you know, maybe, maybe a legislator might not want to meet with the pro-life group, but they'll meet with a mom's group, they'll meet with a men's group, senior men's, you know, church, a church group. They will meet with groups uh, that, uh, and, and so that's how I would recommend you get in there. But you should make it a point annually, at least, to go see your legislators. And actually, you send the materials to the legislative aid. They prep the legislator for which bills you want to come talk about. And I would say that, too. So I had a legislative, everyone's got a legislative aid. That person is probably the most important person in, in, their, in their legislative office. Now, that is the most important person, more important than the legislator. As you, I mean, anybody who's been in business knows if you are, if, if the secretary to the executive loves you, you're getting a meeting whenever you want one. You're getting in. So use that same principle here. Obviously, uh, rely on our pro-life infrastructure too. 
Pro-Life Action League uh, for more uh, activist type work. We had, I mean, all of the other wonderful groups. We've got our uh, diocesan uh, pro-life uh, initiatives and other church groups and uh, just all sorts of folks who are here today. Uh, the March for Life as well. Rely on that too, but this, what I've just given you here in about 18 minutes, is a comprehensive plan on how you, every single one of you, can be an effective legislative advocate. And really when you think about it, it doesn't take very long. It doesn't take that much time on your part, not really that much attention. And so, you know, that's, that's really what I would say today in terms of that, just again, remembering. The legislator is distracted like everybody, but really more distracted than most. If you can get that attention, get the shelf space in their head, then at least you know you've done everything you can so that when these bills come up, no matter how they end up voting, they're going to have you and your voice, hopefully your voice and your face, in their mind going, are you sure? Really? You sure? Third trimester abortions? Really? Secret abortions on girls, on young ladies? Really? And who knows? You know, you, you leave a little work for the you know, leave a little room for the Holy Spirit to work as well. So that, uh, pretty much, folks, in a time when uh, we've got a lot going on, that is how you, in in your little area, the little plot of ground that the good Lord's given you to till, can make a great impact. Thank you. Former State Representative Peter Brain, Senior Counsel for the Thomas More Society, during the 2019 Speak Out Illinois Pro-Life Conference in Oak Brook. Stay informed about the fight to protect life, families, and liberty. Visit IllinoisFamily.org. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action, and tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.